universal pictures and parks were, were doing uh, all, the, all the things in the movie business as well. So what I'm going to do is walk through um, some of the, some advice. I'll go through six areas uh, of advice. I'll tell some stories about them, some things that, uh, that have happened to me over the course of my career that, that may be helpful for you. So to start, some frequently heard comments. Uh, you may be trying to apply a lean startup at your own company, and, and you may say that, well, where I'm at, nobody believes in it, so I'm stuck. You know, what do I do if my boss or the CEO doesn't believe in it? Um, it's a commonly heard term. You may be facing this one, which is your team is booked on roadmap projects. You've got plans that go out through 2014, and you don't have any time. You've got things you've committed to, uh, to, your, to your board as part of your strategy, and, and there's just no time to innovate. And then next, you may be uh, able to use Lean Startup on one particular project where you just applied it. Um, maybe you told people about it, maybe you didn't, maybe you just did it. Uh, but you're having trouble scaling beyond that, that particular project or beyond projects that maybe you yourself control as part of your team. And one of my assumptions is that the room here, you've, we've got a variety of uh, places of knowledge where we're starting around Lean. I, I'm assuming you have a basic understanding that you've read Eric's book. Um, and, and I'll talk about some other resources that if I don't cover the talk, maybe you can follow up with after the talk. All right, so I'm going to start with a story. And this goes back to uh, some days where I was at eBay. And at the time, years ago, I was running user experience design uh, there for the company. And we had just set the stage since 2008. Uh, we had just let go of the entire mobile team. Because they had built a whole bunch of apps for BlackBerry and uh, Symbian, and just wasn't panning out. And you know, the executive team says this mobile thing, you know, just not going anywhere. And we've got to really focus on the core business. We've got to, we've got to show up on the website. We've got, we've got competition coming in from Amazon, and we can't be distracted by mobile. So either let those people go or shift them over to other projects. This just happened, right? Well, in the meantime, Apple uh, they had announced not part of the initial iPhone, but this is the, the second announcement that they were going to be opening an app store. And they had actually approached some people at uh, eBay that were still there and asked, look, we'd love to have you be a part of the initial, um, the initial app store. We think eBay would be a great example of, of use of a native application. Would you like to help? And so a few of us there, some of these people, um, Alan Lewis, Ken Sun, Carlin Neal, um, myself, we looked at this and said, wow, this, this is a huge opportunity. And it is big in hindsight looking back, but then, you know, it wasn't, this wasn't as clear a uh, picture. And he said, look, this looks really important. Um, but the exact team just let everybody go, like there's no mobile team. So what are we going to do about this? Uh, and what we decided to do was, at that time, my design team was big enough that I said, you know, Carlin, why don't you go work on this for a few months? It's, you know, I'll get your work taken care of by other designers. We won't tell anybody. Let's keep this kind of under wraps. Um, the other folks did the same. So for a couple months, we worked on this. We collaborated with Apple. They got a lot of good support. And up with a prototype, looked great. Apple was thrilled. They said, look, this, this app is awesome. We'd love to feature this as part of the keynote at WWDC in June. Um, and so we're like, okay, better come clean with management. <laughs> They're probably going to be watching. Um, so we did. And, and you know, when they saw it, they began to believe. And they saw how excited Apple was at, at, as this being something important. And so they allowed us to go forward and, and present uh, there at WWDC. And, you know, the, the rest is history. Uh, this application was a huge hit. It was one of the most popular applications in that app store when it, when it launched. And it 
reshape eBay and help them realize, I mean, this being an MVP, simplicity can be really powerful. And a lot of those trends carry forth to the website. And now there's a lot of people talking about mobile first. And a lot of that came from these days of the mobile app really showing how simple eBay could be again. Uh, it got fairly complicated over the years. But the other was it created you know, a $6 billion business for eBay in terms of mobile revenue. Um, and so it, you know, and I'm not going to claim credit for all of that, but we started it. And I think it was, it was taking that risk as a, as a middle manager and something that many of you can do in your own big companies that you, know, you don't have to ask for um, permission. You know, ask for forgiveness, not permission. Because the reality is you won't always get that permission. And, and you've got to do what you think is right for the company. So fast forwarding to where I am now at Comcast just down the road, um, we, this didn't start as a, uh, as a center as nice as it is, and we've got you know, over 200 people there now. Um, this, this really started out of an acquisition that Comcast made in a small company called Plaxo um, in the Valley. And as part of that, they, they acquired a lot of great talent um, and, and really wanted to bring a lot of that Silicon Valley know-how to Comcast. That there was a recognition, even as you go back five, six years, that the TV business was you know, was going to be really influenced by software. And that the internet and mobile, and these things were really important to how people were going to want to interact and consume TV. And so rather than, um, rather than let that all happen and not be a part of it, they wanted to help drive it. And so a lot of the people there have helped shape um, taking that TV experience, putting it in the cloud, and putting it on mobile devices. And so, but it didn't just happen overnight. It really helped by building this credibility to projects. And so it started with us working on little projects uh, at Plaxo, which at that point, you know, it wasn't named in the, in the earnings calls. Plaxo was, was not something that really made a difference as far as uh, big Comcast. And yet, through those small projects, um, where not very many people were paying attention, we were able to show that any techniques work. We applied a lot of the, the, the principles that we talked about here at this conference of you know, getting early customer feedback and really learning from rate-based metrics and, and, and getting to that MVP early. And so by doing that, we were able to build a lot of credibility with executives. And so over time, we scaled those resources. And, and over time, we started working more on projects that mattered to Comcast. Uh, and, and most recently, uh, my team played a key role in an important partnership that we made with Twitter um, in launching a new product called See It where you take a conversation that happens about TV on Twitter, and in a couple taps, you're able to tune your TV or watch it on your iPad. And that, that product you know, was just a conversation this summer. And it was a lot of those lean startup principles that we applied in terms of, we want to try and quickly get to something that we can launch and get out in front of customers, and now we're learning from it. Now we're seeing the data flow in. And even before we launched, there were um, uh, several important pivots. Uh, that we made to how the product was architected to better fit in the main partners, whether those be other TV providers or other uh, cable networks, to be a part of that. So next, when you're, when you're looking at what your innovation center works on, I think it's important to not just swing for those home runs. It's, you know, you're going to see a lot of really interesting ideas come across your desk. You'll, you'll say, oh, we should really go into this space, put all your eggs into that basket. And I think what we've learned is you want to do that for some, but that should be part of the broader portfolio, part of something that uh, you do that on some, but on others, you, you go for that basic, you go for that double. So that at the end of the year, when you're looking at what your center has achieved, you know that there are some in there that you've, you've been able to help the business 
So the way we've looked at it is much the way a VC would look at funding. And funding, you know, in our case, is really putting resources on a project. Often it's not dollars, it's I'm going to put you know, four or five engineers on this project. And so we start, it starts with ideation, which, you know, this is really a part fund plan. People are just coming up with this on their own. Um, we run a, a number of hack days where um, every other week uh, for a day we let engineers figure out what they want to work on. Once a quarter we'll do it for a week. And so those are self-directed projects. But at the end result is what we want to do is evaluate that before we go to more formally putting resources on a project, we make them fill out a lean canvas, much like Ash Moira has uh, propagated. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. So that's what starts at that stage. And then we'll, we'll see that with a small team of three or four people for a couple months. And we'll set some clear targets as to what's the hypothesis that you're trying to prove, uh, what's the metric that you're trying to exceed. And if that goes well, we might move into an MVP stage where we'll work on that for, for three months, say. When, and that's what might be termed as Series A funding. And then that might go further. That might be successful, and we might decide to scale that at the center. And that's essentially a Series B funding. But all the while, we're thinking about acquisition. And in our case, acquisition means an existing business unit or a new business unit at the company takes ownership of this project and drives it forward, and we you know, recoup those resources and work on new ideas. And so that's, that's how we look at it is we'll narrow the, the number of projects with time, the number of resources will expand, um, to fill the better ideas, and then we're always looking to, to exit at some point. So next up is the, the Lean Canvas. And so we took Ash Moira's um, Lean Canvas, and as part of that, added uh, one important cell, and we modified two. So it looks fairly similar to what he's defined, where you're, you're understanding what your customer's problem is, and then you're moving forward, creating a solution, defining your unique value proposition, understanding what channels you're going to distribute, etc. But in this bottom row, especially these two, it didn't fit quite as well. So for costs, often it's not dollars. Um, you know, in a, in a large company, it's headcount, typically. And so it's important that we manage those resources very effectively, and, and that's in terms of how many people for how long. And revenue, uh, to use Comcast as an example, we are unlikely to introduce a new product that is going to itself generate new revenue. Sometimes that happens, but in many cases, what we're doing is we are actually, um, through a feature or through a new product, enhancing a subscription service that someone may already have with Comcast. And so as such, we're going to maybe improve retention, or we're going we're to make our product uh, more attractive, and we're going we're to improve our acquisition of new customers. And our product will play a role in that, but it won't be you know, the only thing that, that did that. So what's important there is we have some way of measuring how we impacted that, that larger metric for Comcast. And then lastly, strategic fit. So, as you forecast out on that, that last slide that we had here, you're getting to that, the end of the game where, look, we can't scale it any further at our center um, out here in California. We want to find an executive sponsor at the very beginning of our process that's going to be open to this idea, that likes this idea, that can champion it among others at the company. So that's really important. And as part of that, it's important that you fit within some broader corporate strategy. So there, are, there may be ideas you can build a lean canvas for that are great businesses, but just not ones that my company would be interested in being in. So it's important that I recognize where that is. And it doesn't have to be right in the core. It could be some adjacent business. But you can imagine there are many businesses Comcast would be interested in going into. So I need to figure out how you know, a given engineer's idea, for instance, might fit within that broader scheme. 
So, as you do that, there are, there are these antibodies, okay? And so, just like in your body, it's built to attack foreign objects. Um, the, the corporation will do that as well. Many of you, I hear some laughing, may have experienced that. And so, that's for the most part a good thing. It helps keep the body healthy and um, helps get rid of things that, that might harm it. But by definition, everything you're doing is going to be foreign. You're going about it in a different way. You're maybe approaching uh, a business space that is uh, controversial or cannibalistic to other businesses in your um, in your area. And so you're going to be stepping on toes. And you're going to be doing things people aren't accustomed to. And they're going to reject that, right? Out, and it, they're not going to reject it because it's a bad idea, but it just it's not something that we do. And, and so it's important that you be aware of that. And then you understand where that's going to be coming from. And so as part of that, you want to understand um, how to avoid presenting yourself as a larger target. So resources are one of those. Um, and what's important is your resources that you've allocated to a given project, uh, you don't want to scale those up too fast. Because that will make you a larger target um, at the company. Because the reality is that at a, at a big company, Resourcing is a zero-sum game, right? You can occasionally get funding separate from the CTO, but often if you have funding, it means someone else doesn't. And if you want to get funding for your project, the best way would be to get funding from some other project. And so keeping yourself right-sized into the given project will help avoid some of that. The other is um, making sure that you have those, those executive sponsors that can help defend you um, and why we need it so important to get those up front. They will look out for you and they will help you be aware of, of where you might be stepping on people's toes. Because you don't want to just avoid that altogether. You'll, you'll get into the innovators who love or whatnot. The, the third, the, the other area around antibodies has to do with vanity metrics. And so I, I controversially will say this that there is a place and a role for vanity metrics. Um, and as part of that, you really want to understand those rate based metrics that you have, those retention rates. Um, that we talk about so often in these startups. That will help you figure out is your product working? Do you have product market fit? Uh, are there areas of the new features you introduced um, making a difference? You want those, you need those, it's the only way to run a product. But that doesn't mean that you need to open up the kimono and show all of the other people in the company um, that may or may not understand those metrics or may not even have them for their own products. Um, you don't want to just do that because that exposes you um, to, to those attacks. Uh, and as part of that, you may be comparing yourself to another product in the company that doesn't have retention metrics. And so when you say, oh, well, we have a 30% customer retention rate after six months, you might look at that and say, wow, that's so much better than it was before that the previous product was. They might say, well, geez, where did the other 70% go? We should really can that project and, and go fund my project because I think it's probably doing better. It's important that you create a level playing field when you're comparing yourself to other projects within the company and recognize that you want to be able to be compared in the most favorable light against those other uh, products. So in those settings, use the vanity metrics, but just don't believe them yourself. Um, know why and how you're using those. So to summarize, six rules of advice for uh, running an innovation center. Ask for forgiveness, not permission, especially when starting up. Uh, this is going to be important that you defend and go after those resources. Second, build credibility for your projects and then look to scale. So don't just go.
go and say, hey, we should go do this um, big thing and we should fund 100 people. Do it on a few projects. Show how well it works um, and show how quickly you can get um, the successful products. Don't put all your eggs into one basket and not, don't swing for those home runs. Fourth, you need to take um, Ash's Lean Canvas. It's a great tool um, and it's very simple to fill out in you know, 30 minutes, but adapt it to your company. Figure out how to get it to fit in so that uh, you, it aligns with your strategy and that it, it fits your kind of planning model. Fifth, look out for those corporate antibodies, so just be sensitive to that and, and recognize where those uh, threats might come. It's not that people are bad in the company, but it's, it's just the way organizations work. And then sixth, use those vanity metrics sparingly, but in those situations where, uh, where you need to, and make sure that your product is, is fairly being compared um, to other ones in the company. And so, um, love to hear more about stories where you've applied this uh, at other companies. It's something that we keep trying to get better at at Comcast. Um, feel free to follow me on, on Twitter or on my website, and we'll be sure to post the slides uh, after the talk. And I'll be here afterwards if anyone has any questions.